Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 12 Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Attention, past, present, and future MyBookie players. For this week only, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions Thanksgiving game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got, an ex- you've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join now, you will still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code CHAIR, and MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat that. That's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. And here we are, guys. It's Sunday night, just a few hours removed from our beloved and their game against the New York Giants. Uh, we did win, so this is a victory episode, but for the fourth time in five victories this year, there's a little bit of an aftertaste to that victory, so let's go ahead and talk about it. It's the Week 12 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Well, guys, our beloved came through. They did not let us down and blow the game against a two and eight opponent instead they were just good enough to come away with their fifth win of the season what's going on everybody larity back the quick turnaround week 12 review episode of the bears talk underground it's going to be a crazy week guys we got the uh review episode is basically a knee-jerk reaction episode we're only a few hours removed from the bears winning today i got jeremy reisman i'm talking to him tomorrow night on monday Recording the rest of the episode on Tuesday, dropping the preview on Wednesday morning. First thing Wednesday morning, the preview will be there just in time for the game on Thursday when the Bears and Lions meet up again for uh, Thanksgiving Day. So, And then from there, the Bears play again next Thursday on Thursday Night Football, their third Thursday game of the season uh, when they play the Cowboys. And uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do about uh, getting a guest arranged uh, for the Cowboys, see if our uh, our fellow armchair show will be joining us or if we have to scavenge around to see if 
we can find somebody to help us preview that game. But um, yeah, the review episode will probably drop on on I, I think sometime on Friday because I don't have any plans for Friday right now. So Black Friday, I will not be out battling the uh, the masses trying to get deals on things and stuff and whatnot. I'll be securely at uh, at the house uh, watching whatever football games uh, college games might be on and uh, you know eating leftovers and, and what have you so uh, yeah I won't be uh, won't be out and about so I'll probably take the time to uh, record the show and get that out sometime on Friday I think worst case first thing on Saturday if I don't get around to recording it till like Friday night or something so uh, be on the lookout for that because this is dropping first thing Monday morning the preview episode for the Thanksgiving game drops first thing on Wednesday. Uh, should be sometime Friday or Saturday that the uh, Thanksgiving or Week 13 review episode will be dropping, and then we'll figure out what the uh, what the uh, what the preview for Week 14 against the Cowboys is going to be. So it's going to be bang, 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 and then a long break after the Cowboys game before we get back to it again for Week 15 against the Packers. So. It's going to be a crazy week for the next few uh, few days. It's going to be a crazy next couple of days, I can tell you that right now. So, Anyway, back to the business at hand. Uh, the Bears, uh, they won a football game today. Uh, only the fifth time in 11 games that they've done that so far this year. At this point last year in 11 games, we were 8-3. and three. And that did not suck. Uh, it didn't. Um, but... Uh, you know, this is what it is, and as you heard me say in the in the in the open, um, this is our fifth victory of the season, and this is the fourth of those five victories where we had that funny taste in our mouths afterwards. And you'll hear me say it in the fourth quarter knee jerk reaction that, you know, this is the second home game in a row, uh, the last time being against the Lions, and now this time against the the Giants here where we're, we're struggling to hang on to a game that was easily in hand at the end of the third quarter. And it's so frustrating to watch this team not be able to put teams away, like, like we lack the killer instinct, or, or maybe we, we, we take, it off, take our foot off the gas a little too much or too soon. Because then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. We're, we're actually still trying to win the game. Okay, I guess they're still trying to beat us. Uh, and, and so maybe we should actually keep trying. And then they come out and, and they were they were able to uh, to shut it down because, you know, <laughs> such a weird game. And it really was. I mean, it's uh, it was a uh, it was a it was a tough watch. And I'm just sitting there and it, we, we had it was like a mirror image where we, we had this thing. We bounced back. We come out like gangbusters after halftime and then kind of peter out in the fourth quarter and then have to scramble to hang on to a game that we should be easily be just coasting on. So um, anyway, let's dive into these uh, knee-jerk reactions. Uh, first quarter, the Bears did not come out well out of the gate. No big surprise there, uh, you know. But, um, you know, the Giants were able to take advantage of some uh, – take advantage of a thing or two and, and put some early points – uh, on the board and it just kind of felt like a, a here we go again kind of moment in this game with the Giants like it did last year where the thing kind of seemed to slip away from us we had to come back towards the end and, and try to send it to overtime and whatnot it really kind of had the the makings of another game like that where this is a team that has no business being able to 
get out in front early on us to be able to be holding us down and, and, and whatnot. But here we are struggling to keep up with a team that really has nothing left to play for. Knee-jerk reaction, Bears, Giants after the first quarter. It's another quarter of missed opportunities, especially for the Bears on offense. The, um, the defense is keeping the Giants offense in check, um, producing punts on both of their, of their drives. The first one was a three and out. The Bears' first drive was, of course, a three and out because why not, you know? But the second drive also started deep in our own territory inside the 10. We're driving the ball down the field. Two big missed opportunities on that one. One, um, Ben Broniker, wide open down the seam. He would have just had to make one guy miss, and he scores. And that one guy was, like, inside the five-yard line. So maybe he even makes contact and pushes his way through into the end zone, flat out drops the football. I mean, there was just no excuse for it. The ball was where it needed to be. Missed throwing the ball actually pretty well so far today. Um, but the ball hits him right in the face, right in the hands, right in the face. He drops it. Next play, or the play one or two plays later, um, Alec Ogletree, who our friend uh, Charles Vitolo told us was the biggest, biggest liability slash weak link on the Giants' defense, their middle linebacker, who had two interceptions last year against the Bears in that upset victory in the Meadowlands, just added his third. Mitch throws a pass to Anthony Miller, and of course, it looked like it was right on the money. A perfect throw from Mitch. So, of course, it gets picked off in the middle of the end zone by Ogletree. So, yeah, I've already seen tweets online. I wish Alex Ogletree could play, or Alec Ogletree could play the uh, the Bears every single week because he's a goddamn interception machine against Chicago. So the Giants are working on their their next drive uh, after the turnover. It's zero to zero right now. It should definitely be seven nothing Chicago. The Broniker play should have been a touchdown, and um, yeah, it just didn't work out. So. 7 nothing. See how it goes from here. So there it was. You know, uh, like, you know, Vitolo Charles, he told us, you know, if the, the guy that was the biggest thorn in our side last year has been the guy that's been causing the most problems for the defense. He's the middle linebacker, the quarterback of their their defense, a central figure, and he has been a liability in coverage. He's not doing well here, blah, 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 blah. And there it was. And, and like I said in the reaction, of course, it looked like it was a perfect throw. Of course, it looked like it, uh, you know Anthony Miller ran the right route for a change because there's been so much criticism of how he's never in the spot he needs to be. Like when there's a mistake being made, like the interception last week against the Rams, it was supposed to be a shorter route. He ran the route too long. The ball went to where it was supposed to be, not where he was. The ball goes ricocheting off his hands and into the defender's arms for Mitch's interception last week. But And it turns out, and I'm going to take the analyst's uh, word here. It was uh, Matt Spielman uh, for the um, – Rick Spielman, excuse me, for the um, – for Fox uh, that was doing the color commentary for the game today said that um, somebody ran the wrong route. And since we're talking about receivers not running the right routes, I'm going to put my money on Anthony Miller is that there were basically two receivers in the same area. There was a receiver running a short route and then Anthony Miller running the deeper one. And because they were too close to one another, 
that Alec Ogletree was actually able to defend both players in the spot that he was in. Like he would have been able to defend the short route, which I think was Broniker, and he was able to defend the, the deep route, which was Anthony Miller, by moving in the same spot. But if he was because I think it was that Miller ran the, 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 the Miller, excuse me, ran the route too much to the middle of the field. Like if he had gone wider with the uh, with the route, then Ogletree wouldn't have been able to defend him. The ball would have gone over his head like Mitch intended. But instead, Mitch was actually throwing it to where Miller was going to be as far as the route uh, was concerned. And it ended up being, uh, you know, Al- Alec Ogletree was right where he needed to be to be able to defend both defender or both uh, receivers at once, made the interception and killed the promising drive there uh, in the first quarter. So, again, uh, you know, it- it's funny because ever since they showed that graphic going in the Chargers game, you know, the Bears uh, with the fewest red zone trips or one of the fewest red zone trips in the, in the league going into that Chargers game. But we have one of the highest percentages of success as far as turning red zone trips into touchdowns. And ever since that game, it's been just the opposite. I think I actually said this again during the uh, knee-jerk reaction for the second quarter. We'll hear in just a moment. But it's it's frustrating. Like, before we couldn't get to the red zone. Now we don't have any trouble, you know, getting there, getting close. Now we have trouble closing. It's unbelievable. So, you know, so it's it's a 0-0 game when we should be stepping out in front of them. And it was like I said in the preview episode, the last thing that you want to do is give a team that's struggling hope. And that's all the Bears did in the first quarter was they gave up, I mean, not defensively anyway. Our defense produced two three and outs in the first quarter. But, you know, the, the Bears' offense, three and out on the first one, so giving this – this defense that has had no spark, a reason to get excited, and then the interception that killed the the Bears' first promising drive uh, of the football game. So in the second quarter, things got a little bit more exciting. Uh, We were able to avoid uh, some uh, points uh, for the Giants because their kicker got Eddie Pinero disease uh, that he, you know, he must have brought that back from him from L.A. and handed it over to uh, Rosas, I think it was the kicker's name missing those kicks to today and uh but still going into halftime again like i said at the end of the first quarter we are struggling to keep up with a team that has no business uh you know being in front of us it was just it was embarrassing uh to watch and 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 super frustrating to see that uh you know we were we were the ones keeping them in the game and it should have been worse. It actually should have been worse. It was 7-3 to three at halftime, and it should have been worse than that. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, Bears-Giants after the second quarter. And um, in, in, a, in a quarter of missed opportunities in the first quarter was even more in the second quarter. Um, penalties killed the most promising play of the season, literally of the season, it was a beautiful throw on, I think, third down, third and eight, I believe. Mitch finds Allen Robinson, who gets away from his defender and turned about a 20-yard catch into a 60-something yard gain that was called back on an illegal hands-to-the-face penalty on Cody Whitehair. That's what it's been like the entire football game for the Bears and for the Giants. However... The Giants were able to parlay one of those. I mean, it's also it's also been a, a game of outstanding field position for the Giants 
and terrible field position for the Bears. And the Giants were able to parlay one of those great field positions into a touchdown drive to go up 7-0. And this was after that big 60-yard play got called back on the Bears. I think like the ensuing drive after that is when the Giants drove the short field and uh, put the ball in the end zone. It should be 13 points for the Giants because their kicker uh, apparently got a case of the Pineros and missed both of his field goal attempts uh, in the first half. Same way that Eddie missed the, in the, the field goals last week against the Rams. First, the one went wide right. The second one went wide left. So the Giants only have seven points. They should have 13. The Bears put together a decent drive there, uh, which they're not having any really any real problems doing against the Giants thus far. They're having the same problem as always. They're having trouble finishing those drives, which is so funny because going into that San Diego game, we were one of the best teams in the league of putting touchdowns on the board when we got to the red zone. The problem was getting to the red zone. Lately, the Bears have had you know, an easier time getting to the red zone itself only to come up short when they're in the red zone. So I don't understand what the deal is there. Uh, with the Bears. The entire second half of the season thus far, that's been the issue uh, for the Bears. Getting into the red zone hasn't been the problem. Finishing off the drive has been uh, the problem. And they had just a mess of a of a, of a four-play series there inside the, five, inside the 10-yard line of the Giants to have to settle for a field goal right before halftime. So it's 7-3 to three right now. It should be 13 to 3, or actually it should be 13 to 10, because the Bears should have scored on that Broniker drop. And um, so, you know, either way, it's anybody's ball game. And remember how we were talking about, you know, Charles Vitolo, our guest from G Man HQ, telling us that, you know, it's uh, it's probably gonna be an easy day for the Bears. Well, it has been anything but, just like we all kind of pessimistically thought. And uh, it's seven to three anybody's game and the Bears start with the football so we'll see how the second half goes the Bears have done really well with their opening drives the last three weeks let's see if they can make it four for four put a touchdown on the board and take the lead in the third quarter and uh keep it going from there and I stand corrected actually it was the Bears PR Twitter account that came out and said it was four weeks in a row last week when they scored a touchdown uh against the um Rams on our opening drive in the second half it was four weeks then this week if they did it it would have been five and I'll be damned if they didn't go ahead and do it come immediately out of the gates start with the second half with the football move it down the field I mean quickly too I think it was a very short drive like four or five plays put the ball in the end zone uh for the uh for the you know to take the lead 10 to 7 just like that uh the Bears are are ahead and we, you know we've 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 taken control of the football game where we're we're we've taken the lead uh, for the first time uh, in the afternoon, and the third quarter, the first touchdown there was a touchdown pass to Allen Robinson of all people. I mean, I can't believe I blanked on that. A 32-yard catch uh, from Robinson. He made a catch and then kind of pushed his way into the end zone. Uh, from there so it was an outstanding play Allen Robinson had a monster game today 
had a, and the guy had like 100 yards taken away from him thanks to penalties. That 60-yarder in the second quarter that we talked about, actually that's not that wasn't all him, but the, the throw to Broniker would have been like a 30-something yard uh, touchdown catch. So it was Mitch that was missing 100-plus yards uh, or so in, in passing yards, and he ended up with like 278 uh, today. Robinson was just missing that big 60-yard chunk um, that uh, would have set up a really nice uh, drive there in the first quarter, but uh, or in seventh quarter, excuse me. But, um, you know, and then it, the, the, the Bears started piling on. The defense completely shut down Saquon Barkley there in the third quarter. It shut down the entire uh, Giants offense. Our offense was able to add another touchdown, throw in another field goal that probably should have been another touchdown drive and things like that. So with the with the field goal uh, drive there at the end and then the ensuing drives of the third quarter, the Bears scored on four straight possessions to take a commanding 19 to 7 lead going into the into the third quarter. And it, you know, you just can't help but feel. You'll hear me say it in the knee-jerk reaction. You just can't help but feel. You can't get comfortable. This I don't know what it is about this team. They just won't allow us to be comfortable going into that final quarter. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, Bears-Giants after the third quarter, and <laughs> I, I, I've been corrected. It's five weeks in a row now that the Bears have converted their opening drive for a touchdown. They did it again against the Giants here. A very short, less than three minutes, the Bears put a touchdown on the board, a touchdown pass from, from uh, Trubisky to Robinson. Uh, it was a very short drive. Like I said, two minutes, 48 seconds. The Bears were on the board. We're up 10 to 7. Um, we get another good opportunity. We piss it away in the red zone. Another field goal from Eddie Panera, like 24 yards. That's how short, how short it was. Can't close the deal in the red zone again. And the Bears come right back. We have a Khalil Mack sighting, baby. Beats, uh, what's his name, across the shoulder. Nate Soder. Off the edge, strip sacks, Daniel Jones, recovered by Nick Williams uh, inside the five. couple plays later, Mitch runs it in himself on a quarterback keeper. We're up 19-7. to And after a bogus offensive pass interference call and a 12-man-on-the-field call, the extra point for Eddie Pinero ends up being a 48-yard attempt. And it, he tried to compensate for the wind but the wind didn't help him out so he ends up he, he pushed it a little to the left hoping that the wind would push it more towards the middle he didn't get the help from the wind that he was hoping for ended up hooking it left so it's 19 to 7 the bears have scored on four consecutive drives they have the ball now to start the uh fourth quarter but also for the last several weeks the fourth quarter has been our achilles heel so I'm hoping that I don't have to say at the beginning of the next knee-jerk reaction, just when you thought it was safe to hope again, reality sets in. So hopefully I'm saying that now to jinx it so we don't have to hear it again. We're up 19-7. to We have the football. We're giving the Giants more than they can handle on, on with our offense. So hopefully we can put one, or, one more point or one more touchdown on the board and put an end to this thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking that uh, that I was actually optimistic that the Bears might actually drive the dagger into the heart uh, of the Giants there in the fourth quarter and, and make it easy 
uh, on themselves. Um, but let's go back a little bit. Uh, I, I, I alluded to there being an offensive pass interference call. The Bears actually went for two uh, when they scored, uh, when Mitch ran that ball in from the uh, uh, from about three yards out. It was a straight quarterback keeper, and Dave Montgomery was his his lead blocker. He scored easily. I mean, it was it was silly how easy they made it look after, uh, you know, that drive started at the three-yard line. Nick Williams recovered the fumble of the Daniel Jones uh, fumble, uh, you know, of the Khalil Mack strip sack, I should say, where Daniel Jones fumbled the ball. He recovered that inside the five-yard line, and it took us three plays to get the ball in the end zone. Uh, two very gloriously bad running plays, uh, especially the, the one beforehand. And then Mitch runs it in from about three, four yards out to, uh, to finally put it on the board and make it a 19-7 to game. We were 4-4-4 four four in, in scoring. You know, in our last, time, last four times we had the ball, we put points on the board. And um, the two-point play was successful. There was a, I mean, Nagy was furious, man. He was pleading his case even long after uh, it was ruled and, and uh, you know, Panera had missed the field goal and, and all the rest of that stuff. They, uh, they were, Nagy was not happy, not happy at all. He thought that that, uh, that OPI call was, was terrible. Uh, I agree, actually. I don't think that... Uh, that Robinson was was picking him, but that's what they called him for. They called him for the pick. Uh, to, it would have been a successful conversion to Taylor Gabriel. Instead, it was a 10-yard penalty, and then we threw in another five yards when, I guess, uh, Urban, the new guy, the defensive tackle, thought he was supposed to be in there, and him running on the field made it 12 players on the field for the Bears, so tack on another five yards and ended up making the extra point a 48-yard attempt, and you heard me talking about Eddie and the uh, the wind. I don't really put that on him. 48-yard kicks are difficult and, you know, all that nonsense. So uh, that point would have come in handy, but, you know, still, it didn't really it didn't really come into factor, uh, the football game. It really only would have meant something had the other kicker for the Giants made his kicks. Um, then it would have been uh, a 20-20 to 20, uh, game or a 20-19 uh, game at the end but we'll get to that but you know in the third quarter just like we did last week against the rams we come in we completely shut golf and the rams down in the third quarter last week we had our one successful drive with the touchdown we were only able to do it once last week this week we did it three times we put 16 points on the board in the third quarter they the the giants didn't record their first first down of the second half until late in the in the fourth quarter there and, you know, so we'll, we'll let you play. I'll play the fourth quarter knee jerk reaction before I start giving away what happened there uh, in the fourth quarter. But it's just third quarter went so well. Khalil Mack finally got himself back on on the uh, on the sack train, getting after Jones, getting past Solder, forcing another strip sack, even though it's been God knows how long since a he's had a sack or b a strip sack. The strip sack that he got was his fifth of the season his fifth forced fumble tied for best in the nfl so i mean <laughs> that's how well you know khalil mack was playing early on i say it more, has more to do with probably akeem hicks being out than anything else but hopefully hopefully the bears are in a spot to bring akeem back i would really like that because if if the season is is over and you know we're it's done just let akeem heal up and get him ready for 2020 uh, otherwise, don't bring him back so we can get him, or don't hurry him back, or whatever. I mean, 
you guys remember talking about the, you know Danny Trevathan and maybe they're holding out to see if they, they can hang around and make a run at this thing at the end. That's why they haven't put Trevathan on IR. Maybe Akeem Hicks is ready to go right now and has been for the last couple of weeks, and they regret him, so he's coming back no matter what week 15. But nonetheless, it was great to see uh, Khalil Mack get back out there. Uh, he actually got on the stat sheet earlier in the football game. He made a tackle in the first quarter, so he was not going to be shut out two days or two games uh, in a row on the stat sheet like he was last week against the um, the Rams. But, uh, you know, he just uh, – he was a lot better today. Uh, the Bears' defense was was awesome in the third quarter. But then, God help us, the fourth quarter comes around, and I don't know what happens to this team, man. I really don't know what happens to this team. You know, that you like to hear people say it was a tale of two halves, but in the second half, it was a tale of two halves. You had the good half in the third quarter, and then that shaky half in the fourth quarter. And in some cases, like last week, that shaky half cost us the football game. This week in the in the fourth quarter, it almost did. New jerk reaction, Bears-Giants after the fourth quarter. <laughs> I swear to holy Christ, just when you thought it was safe to hope again, reality sets in. God damn it. 97-yard touchdown drive by the Giants made this a 19-14 football game with seven minutes left to go, okay? The offense, which rattled off three scoring drives, uh, in estimate four if you count the, the field goal drive before the half and then the first three drives of the third quarter, four straight scoring drives to get that 19 points. Nothing. Nothing in the fourth quarter. And the defense that held the Giants to zero first downs in the third quarter gives up a 97-yard touchdown drive in the fourth quarter to make it a one-score game. Hell, the Bears lose this game if their kicker, the Giants kicker, makes those two field goals in the first half. It's 20-19. to Then how important was that Eddie Pinero extra point if that happens? Thankfully, it didn't. That's why the Giants are 2-9. and nine. That's why they've lost seven in a row because the breaks keep bouncing for them that way. Luckily, we were able to catch a break or two, even though for you know we've won our fifth game of the season and we're one for five as far as wins we feel actually good about. You know, <laughs> we had to hang on for the second home game in a row. We had to hang on to a game that was easily at hand going into the fourth quarter same as a couple of weeks ago with the lions 20 to 6 we're going into or 20 to 7 or whatever the hell it was going into the fourth quarter literally comes down to the final play of the game 19 to 7 the giants can't get a first down the entire third quarter the the offense scores on three possessions in a row fourth quarter flip that now we're we're getting run over uh by the giants they're converting on the big third downs and they put one in the end zone on a crazy-ass play to, to Golden Tate. Somehow got behind the entire defense on 4th and 18 for a 23-yard touchdown pass. Now it's 19-14, to 14 and we, we have to hang on in order to win the football game. So, yes, we won. Hooray. But, again, we have to hang on to a game that was easily in hand 
going into the final 15 minutes. So we got to have a short memory with this, even though we won. We'll probably have club dub to celebrate and all that nonsense. But uh, we got a quick turnaround. We got the early game, 11.30 Central Time against Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. So there's no, uh, there's no dwelling on this. There's no real celebrating of this other than club dub right afterwards. Then it's to get to work with Detroit, see if we can get ourselves to a 500 record. So there it is. Uh, the fourth quarter was a disaster uh, once again, but one that we were able to survive because we were playing an inferior opponent whose luck just happens to be worse than ours. Uh, you know, we did get lucky. We and, and with those field goals that were missed early on, that would have been the difference in the ball game. We would have lost twenty to nineteen because our our offense couldn't put anything else together in the fourth quarter. Uh, Mitch threw a terrible, terrible interception uh, in the fourth quarter. So he threw two today, uh, but it just he threw a terrible interception uh, for the first time in forever. He actually steps up in the pocket launches one downfield that's nowhere near his intended target and I believe it was Javon Wims who he was going for that's who the receiver was but he was about five to seven yards short of where Javon Wims was who was actually open but you know of course he was but the you know the intended receiver was nowhere near the football it gets picked off and that ended that drive and it's like Jesus Christ man here we go again we might actually lose this game because we kept giving hope to a team that didn't deserve it. Going into the fourth quarter, we had run roughshod all over this team. Like I said, they didn't get their first first down of the second half until that 97-yard drive. They had zero first downs going into that drive, not one. And then they just started rattling off the plays. They're moving it down the field. And then fourth and 18, Golden Tate, man, that guy has got a talent for really messing up with the Bears, man. Um, you know, he gets behind. Uh, he was being covered by Buster Screen, who lets him by because he's expecting there to be deep help. Eddie Jackson, I don't know what the hell he was doing on that play, man. No idea what he was doing, but he it was basically an uncontested throw. Buster Screen got there at the end but wasn't able to jar the ball loose. Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller were both there. Neither of them were there in time. Golden Tate makes the catch. It's 19 to 14, and it's like, oh, my God. Here we go again. It's the Lions game all over again. We had this game. It was over seven minutes ago when the, third, when the fourth quarter started. It was over. We were just trying to get through this thing in one piece and move on to the Thanksgiving game against the Lions. But, no, now we, we've got our football game on our hands again. Because they're one score away. They can take the lead with the next drive uh, if they're so inclined. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous how we have no, no killer instinct. We have no sense of putting the opponent away on offense or defense. On offense or defense. It just didn't happen. They just, the Giants simply just ran out of chances today. That's all that happened. The Giants showed why they're a 2-9 football team whose luck was a lot worse than ours. They just ran out of chances today. That's all that happened. It really even wasn't so much that the defense, not like the, the Washington game where it was the defense that actually slammed the, short, the, slammed the door shut on the Redskins by forcing that last turnover on when Case Keenum tried to reach the ball over and the ball got knocked out of his hands and blah, blah, blah. That's not what happened. 
they simply just weren't able to convert on fourth down. It really wasn't anything that the Bears uh, did. They just came up short on fourth down. That's all that happened. So, you know, the Bears were finally able to run out the clock after that and, and, and secure, the, secure the win. But like I said, five wins this year. We can really only walk away feeling good about the Minnesota win. That's it. And even that one's got its uh, bad taste because Mitch got hurt uh, early on. And, uh, and, you know, we only scored 16 points. And it was the defense that was so dominant you couldn't help but feel great uh, about that win. Two weeks in a row, the Washington game, the Minnesota game, they really were just outstanding in both of those football games. But good God, man, they just like no no thought about closing no thought about you know putting their foot on the th- throat of the opponent and keeping it there until the son of a bitch turns blue, you know, no pun intended for the you know the Giants being big blue. It's just you you, you gotta you gotta close, man. You gotta close. You gotta shut them down. There's gotta be a dagger that says you know what this is it. It is pointless for you to keep trying. This football game is over. Boom. We haven't done that. We have not done that since the Minnesota game. We haven't. And that's why we're in the spot that we're in now. We're, you know, we're just, that's why we're in that spot. We gave up the winning touchdown drive to the, to the Chargers, who I keep calling San Diego week in and week out, even though they play in Los Angeles now. We did it weeks ago to the, to the Raiders, who are in Oakland now, but will be in Las Vegas. So I'm sure I'll screw that up next year when it becomes a thing. So <laughs> it's just, you know, we should be undefeated against the AFC West, and instead we're one and two. I think I said that earlier this week or last week. But those two games put us at, what, seven and four. We're looking at a – we're only one game back. The Packers lost tonight, or they're they're getting killed anyway by the 49ers right now. We'd be one game back, one game behind Minnesota, who we have a tiebreaker over, and we've got one game left with Green Bay, who are eight and three after tonight's loss, uh, I assume. It was, it was not – it was 23 to nothing at halftime. Um, you know, so I assume that they, they lost. They weren't – the Giants – the Giants the 49ers are actually too good on defense even for Aaron Rodgers and his miracle comebacks I don't think he's got it in him to do it against these guys so there we won those two games against the Raiders and the Chargers we're seven and four after today's win an ugly seven and four but a seven and four nonetheless one game back with five left to play and one each against both of the teams in front of us but instead we're five and six they keep (laughs) the tv producers or whatever i don't know maybe they're just supposed to be filling so many spots on the graphic but they keep putting the bears on the in the hunt side of the graphic it makes me laugh every time i see it because the nfc is loaded right now the two the five seed and the six seed the two wildcard teams are nine and two and eight and three so the seahawks won again today uh the 49ers if they win they'll be 10 and one so the seahawks are in second place at nine and two the Vikings are eight and three behind the um, behind the Packers because of the head to head. The Packers won the matchup week two, so I mean it, it's just yeah we're 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 legit three games back, but we're we're still in the hunt I guess because we got five games left to play. So I don't know, but it's 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 frustrating to to sit and watch this team and for them they basically abandoned the run today. They were terrible terrible running the football uh today and i'll talk more about that during bear up and bear down it just maddening you know but mitch actually threw the ball really well i gotta give him credit 
aside from the uh, that throw. I don't know what the hell he was trying to do on that one interception or if he got hit. They never really, really showed it. I mean, he stepped up into traffic and he just – I don't know if I think – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, say he got hit when he threw that one because that ball did not have enough on it to get there. It just did – it died in the air. And, I, you know, it was windy out there in Soldier Field as it usually is, but – Nowhere near to kill a ball that bad in midair like that. He must have gotten hit or his arm got swiped or something like that because that ball was nowhere near where it was meant to be. And arm strength is not one of Mitch's problems. Accuracy is, but arm strength is not. So anyway, despite all my belly aching kids, we won the game today, 19-14. to 14. Well, There were winners of two of our last three. Hopefully we'll make it three out of four this coming Thursday against the Lions to close out the third quarter with a three and one record. That would be nice. Um, and get and dive right into this uh, fourth quarter with our four toughest games of the year: Green Bay, or excuse me, Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, Minnesota. Daunting task, but it's what's laid in front of us. And if we want to even keep our slim to none <laughs> playoff hopes alive, we got to win them all. We got to win them all. So, but before we get to that. We got to win Thursday against the Lions. So, I mean, it was a tough game to win last year when we were one of the better teams the league had to offer. And uh, I can't imagine it's going to be any easier when we're not playing anywhere near like that team did. So, anyway, that's going to do it for the review of our Week 12 victory over the New York Giants, 19-14. to Our beloved improved to 5-6. and six. The Giants fall to 2-9. and nine. They're in the midst of a seven-game losing streak. Uh, that's unfortunate. They got a lot of talent on that team. It's just a matter of bringing it all together. I wonder if Shermer's going to be the guy, though. And part of me hopes that he isn't and that he's available. <laughs> and the Bears are hopefully going to be looking inward at themselves for a new offensive coordinator. And with the work that Pat Shermer did and polished the turds that were Case Keenum and Sam Bradford to look like all pro quarterbacks in Minnesota, I would love to see what he might be able to do with Mitch. Uh, next season and also bring a much more grounded uh, realistic offense instead of whatever the hell it is that Maggie Nagy's trying to do these days so that's just a little sidebar so anyway Bears win Giants lose big game on Thursday with a division opponent in the Lions and uh, yeah so that's going to do it let's move on to uh, final thoughts and bear up and bear down but first (coughs) the week 12 review episode is also brought to you by our good friends at Blue Chew Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence where it counts. So listen up. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active uh, active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day and night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all of our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use promo code armchair, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E 
C-H-E-W.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Now let's get back to the show. <laughs> Final thoughts, bear up and bear down for the Week 12 review episode. Real simple. You know, the second half, just watching this team be so schizophrenic is is what's so uh, frustrating, so maddening that we we come out week in and week out. We do nothing uh, with the opening drive. The touchdown that we had against the Vikings was the only opening drive touchdown we've had all season. Kevin Fishbane, who's a writer for The Athletic for the Bears, uh, keeps a running tally. He tweets it out after every opening drive how many plays it was, how many yards it was. This year, this week, I think it was eight yards and we punted. Um, last week, we, uh, we, we actually had a decent drive, but that's when Panero hooked the field goal. Uh, aside from the opening drive against Minnesota, I think they were all like three and outs or five plays, 12 yards and minus one yard on three plays and, you know, stuff like that. And it just, we, we, we don't score any points um, in the first half. You know, we, we get lucky. All of a sudden, we, we can't, like, we don't have any trouble getting to the red zone, but now we can't close. Now we're settling for field goals or walking away with nothing. God forbid if Panero misses uh, a field goal. And then in the third quarter, our second half adjustments are second to none because we come out like madmen in the third quarter. Rattle off uh, three straight touchdown drives or three straight scoring drives two touchdowns and a field goal uh in the third quarter to go along with the extra uh, the field goal that we added just before halftime that should have also been a touchdown drive for christ's sake um you know it's just the missed opportunities the 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 penalties that's the the two steps forwards you know one step forward two steps back a 60 yard play to Allen robinson our biggest offensive play of the year gets called back because of a face an eagle illegal hands to the face on on Cody Whitehair. It's just things like that just keep happening over and over again. And, and like I said, today we just happened to run into a team whose luck was worse than ours. They missed the two field goals that would have won them the game today. And, <laughs> you know, their best player, Saquon Barkley, was ineffective. I think he's still playing hurt. I think next year could be a different story when he's had the entire offseason to heal up and get ready uh, for the year. And I, th- I also think they did, even though it was all hellfire and brimstone and no one liked the move, I think Daniel Jones is going to be their guy uh, for a long time. So they got pieces, man. They do. Sterling Shepard's a good receiver. If Evan Ingram could ever get healthy, they're young tight end. They've got some. that They just need to fix that offensive line, uh, which they've been working diligently to try to do so. They signed Nate Solder. They traded for Kevin Zeitler uh, and things like that. They've tried to add pieces to that offensive line. But uh, the Bears ate him up today. Mike Remmers is a is a guy that's been tossed out of a few teams, including our division rival, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Khalil Mack was a uh, constant, uh, you know, getting after him. Uh, Leonard Floyd had four quarterback hurries today. No sacks, but some hurries uh, today. So, you know, the Bears did well on defense. The defense, we st- and that's the other thing, we still have a top ten defense they're a top five top three uh special unit one if you know with Akeem Hicks on board and and we know we miss Danny Trevathan uh right now but it just even the even these efforts are being wasted uh 
And because the offense can't seem to close, our defense also doesn't have the ability either because they're not that same special playmaking team that they were a year ago where, like, for instance, during the Thanksgiving game uh, last year, it's a tight ball game with the Lions. It's the fourth quarter. We're all tied up. And what does Eddie Jackson do? He jumps a route on Matt Stafford. He gets where he needs to be, catches the ball in stride like he was the intended receiver all along for a pick six. That puts us on the board. There we go. All right, we've got the lead now. And then we come out with the dagger, Kyle Fuller's interception with about a minute to go to shut it down. We don't do that anymore. We have to wait for our opponent to... Uh, run out of chances today like the like the Giants did they just simply they didn't run out of time they ran out of chances they you know they used up timeouts and then they just ran out of chances uh trying to uh to to uh to outdo us uh today so I that's why you walk away from this victory it's a good thing it's a damn good thing we won today fantastic that is awesome but like I said, there's this aftertaste that just this 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 film on your tongue. You just can't quite shake it that it, it really all wasn't all that you wanted it uh, to be, especially against this opponent. Uh, it should have been easier than it was. The Bears didn't even cover. The Bears were like a six point six point favorite and we won by five. So if you're a gambler, the Bears didn't cover. We got the over under. We got the under. If you bet the under 40 and a half, it was 34 points today. Then you made some money, but, uh, you know, anyway, let's go ahead and, and wrap this bad boy up, bear up and, uh, bear down. Let me go ahead and pull that up for you guys. Um, bear up the first one. That's easy. Allen Robinson, six, uh, catches 131 yards, uh, would have been closer to 200 with that 60 that was taken away from him earlier in the ball game on the illegal hands to the face. But, Six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown today. He was just, he was a monster for us. He's been our best player, our most consistent player on offense all year long, despite the quarterback troubles, despite the fact that we don't have a running game to back it up. Allen Robinson has been a stud. If he doesn't make the Pro Bowl this year, I'll be pissed. Um, Bear up. I got to do it. Bear up to Mitch Trubisky. Um, 287 yards passing today. And the other thing was he added some yards on his feet. He ran the ball. Uh, a bit more today not just the one that was a design run but actually uh, broke the pocket and ran for a first down on like third and 10 or something like that uh, today ended up getting a you know a big first down that got the Bears out of the out of a hole they were inside their own five able to get the ball out of there and move the ball down the field a bit more was doing some things with his feet today which was nice to see um and uh, aside from that stupid, stupid interception he threw in the fourth quarter, like I, I don't know what happened. Uh, like I said, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe his, his arm got swiped or he got hit just as he threw or anything because that ball was nowhere near where it was supposed to be. And arm strength, like I said, is not Mitch's problem. His accuracy is. So I would have been... Um, far less surprised if he had sailed it over everyone's head down the middle of the field to a wide open Javon Wims than for him to throw it about 10 yards short of where Javon Wims was going to be and have it run back on him like that. So overall, I thought he had a really good game. So give a bear up to Mitch Trubisky. Bear up to Khalil Mack. Strip sack, his fifth of the year. That leads the tide for the lead league, or league lead, I should say. There's a tongue twister for you. 
uh, f- his fifth of the year, set up another touchdown uh, for the Bears. That's that's 2018 Bears stuff right there. You know, defense gets a turnover. The offense puts it in the end zone. Mwah, voila, that was fantastic. Bear up Cordell Patterson. I don't think he recorded an offensive stat today, but he was a beast on special teams. He ended up stopping. He made a, a critical tackle on, on a punt return uh, to stop. I think it was Jabril Peppers uh, from scoring. He looked like he was on his way. If, if it wasn't for Cordell Patterson, who was actually fighting off two defenders, was forced out of bounds, had to get back onto the field, and then made the tackle that stopped Jabril Peppers from scoring. Um, also had made an excellent, excellent play on a punt to keep it from rolling into the end zone so that the Giants were stuck deep in their own territory. Uh, I do, however, believe that was the drive that the Giants went 97 yards uh, for the touchdown with, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, you know, he's been fantastic for us on special teams. I keep reading articles about him being like a cap hit for the Bears or a cap casualty for the Bears. I hope that's not true. I really do hope that we hang on to him uh, for next year uh, as well. He signed a two-year deal uh, with us. Uh, Bear up to Anthony Miller. He had a better day. You know, he did, and he was a big part of, I think, that last touchdown drive that got the Bears uh, into the end zone on the Mitch run there. Bear up to Nick Williams. The guy's just been a savage for us uh, this year. Uh, Played very, very well, and this is a guy who was having trouble uh, getting on the field. Now we can't imagine fielding a team without him. This is is the guy that's really replaced Jonathan Bullard, um, who was, uh, you know, a disappointment for us. The Bears cut him in training camp. This is the guy that's going to replace him. And, and bear up to Buster Screen, man. I, I he Not really so much. This is kind of one that was like long overdue. I haven't put Buster in there. He doesn't have an interception this year. But talk about a guy that's made us not miss Bryce Callahan. Um, you know, very happy with uh, the Buster Screen. I was find, kind of skeptical of it uh, coming from the Jets, but I guess it was just a product of the fact that he was surrounded by Jamal Adams and nothing else on that defense in, in New York. But uh, – He's played very, very well for us and uh, is true to the um, true to the, the resume of him being one of the better nickel corners in the league. He has played like that for us uh, this season. He did have a couple of nice tackles today uh, as well. On the bare downside, fourth quarter defense. God help us, man. What the hell happens to you guys that you just refuse to, to be your – I mean, they played so well in the third quarter. No first downs allowed. Just kept sending the Lions, or excuse me, the Giants offense back to the sideline. One drive after another. Forced a turnover that set up a touchdown drive for the Bears. The whole nine yards. You look like your old selves. And in the fourth quarter, I don't know if Pagano's taking his foot off the gas or whatever happens. But we're giving up these long drives. We're giving up these touchdowns that lets our opponents stick around in this game and giving them the hope that they actually deserve to be there when they don't. It's terrible. Really got to freaking fix that up, man. That's terrible. Uh, Bear down to the run offense and or Matt Nagy. David Montgomery had a 15-yard run on his first carry of the football game. Thanks to Nagy and not really calling any run plays and the offensive line not blocking worth a damn, David Montgomery finished with 22 yards on 13 carries. So he had one carry. For 15 yards, finished with 13 for 22. So that means he gained 7 yards on 12 additional carries today. Outstanding. And then bear down to Tariq Cohen. 
I hate to do it. Tariq's one of my favorite players on this team. But, uh, you know, always with the horizontal running, never going vertical, never turning the corner and getting up the field. And then today, it's a crapshoot, I guess, when you're a punt returner. But he he fair caught passes or fair caught kicks he should have let go and he let one go that he should have caught like he actually got there to the point where the ball was going to be then kind of stepped out of the way at the last moment the bears ended up losing like 15 yards when the ball finally got done we should have been up around between the 35 and the 40 the ball stops around the 20 22 yard line so for no reason at all he lets the ball bounce it's a new york bounce that we ended up losing about 15 yards on that so you know Tariq's been kind of frustrating to watch this year and I don't know if he's afraid of contact or whatever the deal is the guy simply refuses to cut it up I don't know if his field vision is off this year if he's like wild thing from major league and he needs glasses to be able to see the lanes to run through or whatever the situation is he's not running the ball the same way that he was last year which is funny because he was the more effective back out of the backfield today he also only had about 24 yards rushing but he did it on like six carries today go figure but any other time he's trying to catch the ball out of the backfield or or what have you it's it's always vertical he'll he'll run 40 yards you know horizontally before he'll even think about it and this guy is giving up yards like he'll run for a two-yard loss because it's simply not there for him to turn it up or anything like where's the Tariq Cohen that would reverse the field and then run back around and you know just what happened to that guy it's like nobody has it in them la- like this year like they had it last year. Remember that play that, that Tariq Cohen had last year against Buffalo? He ran it all the way to the one side of the field, then cut back, gave up yards, and came back around and was able to turn the corner and get the first down or run it for a big play or something like that. He just didn't do that anymore. I don't understand what's going on with these guys this year. So sorry to end it on a, on a sour note, but that it will do it for the – week 12 review episode of the bears talk underground again we will be back on wednesday we'll be back on wednesday myself and jeremy reisman previewing the week 13 matchup between the bears and the lions can the bears make it a uh, clean sweep for the second year uh in a row or will the the lions be the ones breaking their uh winch with their losing streak and getting a big holiday win on national tv uh against the bears we will discuss that and whatever else we can come up with to preview the ball game between the Bears and the Lions. So come back for that on Wednesday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. 
It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.